Bonjourno. What language is that? This is coming from the same person who, in the previous episode, claims he can speak every single language in the world. But you don't know what Bonjourno is. First and foremost, I know exactly what it is, and I know where it's from, and I know everything about that language. But, bruv, your pronunciation is poor. First of all, I think I'm actually quite good with um, foreign accents. Here we go. Here we go. Go on. No, no, I actually think I am. Of all the foreign people I've ever met, when they tried to teach me, um, you know, parts of their language, whatever, and when I regurgitate it back to them, they actually say the pronunciation is spot on, mate. Yeah, because they don't want no beef. You're from the hood, man. You're actually from the hood, and you're trying to pronounce their language. How do you say? I've never say ever that? been from. I've heard you say what? Bonjour. Bonjour. <laughs> Bonjour. Nah, bro. Nah, nah, nah. I'm out. I'm out. I don't, I don't talk I'm actually quite good with accents, to be honest. Yeah, you're not. That's what it is. Yeah, people, people, welcome to another episode of No Move with me, <laughs> Roman, and hey, Atkins. This, and and who, and who? What's your name? My name, John Smith. Introduce yourself. I said my no name. Move. Hey, Atkinson. What do you want? Okay, okay, okay. Relax. <clears throat> you got a bit of anger issues. You know that you've had this call for quite some time. I think you should. Speak to someone. You're not serious. Just a quick one, actually. Um, I was scrolling through Facebook earlier. I know we didn't even plan to talk about this. Facebook have banned Britain first or whatever. Yeah, Britain first from Facebook. I think I saw something like that. I didn't really read into it. But what? Isn't that... What do you think about it? Do you agree or disagree? I disagree. I don't think they should be involved. Um no, I don't know. I don't know why I said that to me. Well, then, I mean, you say that, but then where do you draw the line? Yeah, because, okay, there was some time ago, probably a couple of years ago, um, I think there was a march or something, and I commented on one of their their groups, maybe like a Britain First group. Biggest mistake of my life. I went on the <laughs> Why? Well, I went on the page and I said something about, you guys are clearly idiots. You don't know, da 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 You're claiming Britain, but you're probably not British, da 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 da, da. I just... Well, they came for you, isn't it? Bruv. I think I then went out. And I think I was, <laughs> out, I was drunk, I was partying, and I looked at my phone. I had hundreds of hate messages. Wow. I had messages saying, yeah, you're dumb. What do you know? You black this, you black that. And then I started having fun. I started replying to them. And yeah. <laughs> that was love. Can I tell you something that I do? And most people don't know that this is actually a hobby of mine. Go on. You like to... I am deeply involved... And yes, the police might be listening. I am deeply involved in various scams across the world. Yes, I said it. I know it, I know it sounds completely mental. You know what I do for, for, for fun? What my hobby is? What? I reply to those Ghanaians in Sierra Leone. Oh, <laughs> do you know what? I subscribe to that as well. I am a professional at well, replying to a those. full-time job, bruv. They have I love those. I love those. And do you know what? The best ones are when they actually reply back. And yeah, you know you've got one. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, you um, can take them on a complete journey for days. One of them said, hello, my name is General something, something, something from the Republic of Congo. And I'm like, <laughs> then he says, your uncle has died and he has left you 65 million. I'm like, okay. <laughs> well, I'm like, okay. They said, all we need from you now is your full address, your name, your passport number. Then do you know what I always say to them? I'm like, hey, this sounds great. Thank you very much. I've been praying for someone like you, and I thank God for sending you. 
um, what I propose is I would like a bigger share. And they were like, yes, sir, we cannot do that one, but maybe so-and-so. And I'm like, listen, I've got the last person I was talking to like last week. I said, listen, I've got other people right now that's about to give me like 20 million and 30 million. I want to go with you. <laughs> I can read you the email. I said, I want to go with you, general, blah, blah, blah. Um, from the 65 million, I want 50 million and you take 15 million. And you know what? He came back and said, I've spoken to my people and they said, if you send the uh, documentation now, then we will be able to tell that. Right. So the next thing they do, their scam is so dumb. But you know that what they do is they spam the entire internet. Now imagine sending an email to, let's say, 200,000 people. There will be a handful. Let's even say their conversion is 1%. From 200,000 people, let's say 20 people fall for it. And yeah. how they make money is they say, okay, your money. Don't you remember one that I got you to speak to in Twi, in, in, in Ghana? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. He said, oh, my days. He said, okay, so what we need next is for you to send us $2,000 so we can process it and pay the driver to drive That's the cool. convoy. And I was like, wait, what are you saying? I said, so the money's in cash. He said, yes, we've loaded up your 60 million. In a bag, but it needs to be driven from Ghana to like Senegal so that they can fly it over here. But they need two thousand pounds. I said, you know what, two thousand dollars. I said, why don't you go in the back? I give you permission as the owner of the money. Go in the back of the van, take out ten thousand, and disperse it amongst yourself and drive the money. I said, no, it doesn't work like that. Then I said, you know what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then, then I said, you know what? Okay, I'm traveling but I'm going to get my accountant to send you the details. What's your bank details? He sent me a Western Union thing. So I t- then, I, then I replied to him and I said, okay, hi, my accountant cl- um, confirms that he sent it. They said, okay, we will check. He came back the next day, said, bro, look, the money's not there. I said, what's going on? Maybe I've been scammed. I've sent it. I've sent it. Then I said, I'll send it again. So make sure you guys give me $200, I mean, £2,000 back. Because now I'm sending 4K. Wow, you did some reverse psychology. Brother, listen, I do this all day, bro. It's sad, but it's actually fun. Completely fun. But yeah, I'm quite sad. So yeah, that's my... That's my no, but I mean, <clears throat> statistically speaking, like, I was... Uh, I used to think, okay, how can these kind of scams still run in this day and age? It's 2018. Like, I remember when people were doing this back in, like, 2005. But, no, it's, it's crazy. But if you actually think about it, it's like Facebook advertising. Yeah. Mm. If you if you spread out your um your search your target wide enough, mm-hmm. yeah, you, you know if you if you spread that spread that out, you're gonna find a handful of people, and usually the kind of people who do these kind of um, scams, it's fair to assume that they are from you know uh, countries that are not so well off yeah. in that sense. So by the time someone makes x amount let's just say for example globally they've managed to accumulate um let's just even make it basic like a thousand dollars from like 10 people yeah mate that's a lot of money to them yeah that's a big move you know i can actually understand why they put so much effort into it now let me let me take it crazy let me take it one step deeper and ask you two questions why do you think them i'm not even going to say the country that they're from but certain freshies are out there in (laughs) Elephant and Castle and New Cross buying a hundred pound <laughs> bottle of champagne, bro. That, that, that's the man sending you them emails telling you you've got sixty five million money in the account, bro. Them four one niners. But but on a on a serious question, on a serious note, actually, what would you do if 
your sister. No, no, no. Okay, this sounds hype. I know your mom and dad love each other. Let's just say, hypothetically speaking, your mom and dad were not together. Yeah? yeah. Now, yeah. your mom says, hey, Roman, listen, mad thing. I've fallen in love with someone, yeah? Um, I met him yeah. on the internet and <laughs> <laughs> wait, 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 wait. I love him so much. But you know what? He's an engineer in Germany. And, um, you know, the bank have frozen his money. This is a story they always tell them. The bank have frozen oh, his money. And he, and he sent me documentation showing that he's got $2 million in the bank, but it's frozen. But he wants me to lend him £300,000. Now, what would you say to your mum at that moment, just based on that information? Oh, in fact, what would you do to your mum based on that information? Do you know what, do you know what I'll do? You see them... Um, plastic containers that African parents collect after, like, Chinese or whatever. <laughs> I'll, I'll take one of them and I'll dash it out ahead. You do. <laughs> Are you alright, bro? Do you know, I was watching, I was watching. Because, because why, hold on, because this is the same person who gives me jokes and, like, tells me about these kind of emails. So, for, for, for them to fall for one of those... <laughs> You have to smack them and say, oh, wake up. Well, I don't know, what, what are you doing? I think you're actually, on that occasion, I think you're physically allowed to slap your mum just once. Maybe slap It'll be crazy. Of course it would never happen. But... What do you I mean? mean why, I, why are you so confident? When that, first of all, the women that it happened to, they're normal women. Your mum's a normal woman, bro. Your mum could say, hey, I, Roman, that, I sold the no, house no, no. that I live in because my lover, Henrik um, Goish, <laughs> bro, he's just told me, He's, he's going to lose his business if I don't transfer him £200,000. She sells the house, she puts your brother on the street, and Henrik is actually a Sierra Leone fraudster who's bought Dom P and Moe with your mum's life savings. That's, that scenario is fucking amazing. No, but it ha- but- I, I, know, I, I don't know. I, I don't, it, it's, it's too... It'll be so surreal. Like I don't even know what to even think at this point stage to be honest with you. I, I watched something just the other day actually before we move on I watched something on Dr. Phil the other day two kids took their mum to Dr. Phil to say mum wake up and what <laughs> she didn't believe it so she's been sending money to Africa somewhere no she's been sending money to America yeah by a western union to some guy that yeah. she's never met but they got married they've never met but they got married <sighs> yes so the children know it's a scam so they took it to Dr. Phil Dr. Phil tracked the money that she sent. Yeah. And he said, listen, madam, the money that you sent, that £1,000, that £10,000 that you sent, I know you said you sent it across the state in America, but it's actually right here. And he pinpointed exactly where it was in, like, let's say, Zaire. He said, bro, yeah. your money is in Zaire with local gangsters. And she was like, well, I still love him. I'm married to him. I don't think he would ever do that. Them brothers have got real bars, you know. But it can happen to anyone. Nah, they... <clears throat> No, it's, it's beautiful. They're the real spin doctors. And they are, you see these kind of, um, what do they call it? And you know, these kind of... Um, Nigerians. No, these dating artists. What, what's the name? PUAs. Called again? PUAs, PUAs. Yeah, PUAs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They should get us, you know, a few lessons from these guys because like what you just said, they have bars. Absolute bars, like real ones that actually work and get people to liquidate their homes and sell their children just to... It's crazy because they're in love. Interesting. You love those sound bites. Yes. Talk to me. How's your? How's your? How's your? Wow. Did you hear that? Did you hear that? Did you hear that? 
But I said, how's your week been? I meant week. This is what I'm saying. This African accent has mashed me up. How's your week been? <laughs> I'm, I'm not talking anymore, man. Talk to me. You talk to me. Uh, no, what were we talking about last time? We said that we would touch on um, the flip side. I was telling you about um, the first time I encountered some, any, some sort of business opportunity. Okay. Um, yeah, I want to, you know, ask you the same thing. Um, Return no, the favour. I don't, to, to be completely honest, I don't really have a timeline. I don't know. I've never sat down and said, hey, this is what's happened. But I remember, and this was... Okay, but okay, okay, okay. So, okay. I mean, we all, let's just say, starting from uni times or college or, or whatever, when was the first time you sort of encountered um, that kind of experience where you were thinking, okay, do you know what? I definitely want to... Yeah, you know, do some stuff. So at uni, so at uni, I did one or two raves. I I've always sort of been, and it's only raves. over the last few years. Yes, I've always sort of been a kind of piggyback entrepreneur. I'm I used to be a very cautious one. Like, rah, look, them men are doing this. Things are working for them. Let me put my money in, and that's what I ended up doing with a number of raves. Then my friends started selling cars, and I put money into it and learned how to do that. So I think it was probably about two months into first year of uni that I made my first ever £10,000. I remember it. And that included some stocks and shares that I had. I would be refreshing my self-trade trading account every second until the day I made £10,000. And I was like, oh, my days, I've made it. Well, I actually thought at that stage of my life, I thought I was rich. I thought, <laughs> hey, I am the rich. Do you know, I swear to God, I think... It's so embarrassing because I thought I was sick and I was boasting like, hey, you man, I just done that. I just made 10K. Not knowing I had bear hustlers and bear drillers around me, bro. That might have been money from day. But as I said, I've never compared myself to anyone else. And I think that's what kind of set me off on my journey of seeking how I could change my life. But I think my first venture, proper venture, would have been maybe buying and selling cars. That made me a bit, a bit more money. Um Really? Yeah, absolutely. I think the first car I bought was a Peugeot 206. Uh, oh, wow, that shows how old we are, you know, a Peugeot 206. The younger people listening to this now, that car probably doesn't even exist anymore. I think I bought a Peugeot 206 maybe for 2,600 or 2,500. And I think I made like 700 pound on it. And then I bought one. Well, of- so, 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 in, so in essence, it was, again, like buying and selling, you know, buying, buying something for... For X amount and then obviously trying to, you know, get your profit in between. Do you know what sounds crazy? I believe that's the quickest way to become rich or wealthy or to grow a business. I think it's the most fundamental skill in the world, which is why I've written a book called Communicated Magic, how Houdini would have done it for anyone who wants to pick it up. But sales is life. And I think earlier you can start to understand sales and practice sales and become sales, the more successful you will be in this life. If you can't sell... no move. No, it's true. It's it's true. And you know, of course, like, like you just said, there's no move if you can't. But you know what is a move? Mm. Being able to do what you said in the beginning about piggybacking on on um, other moves, because you don't necessarily you you don't necessarily need to be the best saleswoman or salesman or whatever. All you need to do is just have some sort of 
um, logic um, and strategy and then just follow it through. And you can basically, it's like mirroring, isn't it? You know, when you mirror someone and you analyze exactly what they've done, you just copy copy and paste. Can, really. I, tell, can I tell you what pushed me to, to do this, um, this copycat image thing? And the copy image means literally I see someone doing it and I see that it works and then I emulate it. I copy it word for word and literally I'll go on your website and I'll copy your website, just make it a bit better and start selling whatever you're selling tomorrow. Do you know who introduced me yeah. to it? Do you know who? The Schwarmer brothers. Do you remember those guys? So, you know, I was, I knew he was going to say that. Do yeah. you know what? They are the daddies. Of- well, they're the biggest daddies in the world. They're the king of copycats, but they don't hide it. They don't yeah. hide it. It's true. It's true. But why should they? Because... Because, I mean, when you think about it, in business, right, everyone copies each other. It's just everyone puts their own spin and flavor on it. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. all the same things. Like, of course, maybe, maybe you can single out, I don't know, people like inventors or, you know, people of that kind of caliber. But in essence, I mean, how many bars do you see up and down your street? How many um, restaurants? How many, um, you know, new business ventures that's the next big thing well it's the same stuff but with just people's personality and i think that's where the sell is that people actually don't realize that what they need to sell is their personality and not what their their business is about do you understand what i mean give yourself one of them jingles right now for that i love that ballpark so i started buying and selling cars i think that's where i made my first few thousands from I got into trading, so I still do that now. I buy stocks and shares. Um, and it's so interesting because when you're younger and you start making money, you start doing stupid stuff. I had no philosophy. I had no strategy for buying and selling. I could tell you right now, off the top of my I can name all the shares that I've ever bought, and I could tell yeah. why I sold them. And it's so stupid. But I remember buying one Google share. Imagine that I bought yeah. one Google share just so I could say I owned a piece of Google. But I bought it on, let's say, Tuesday, and then on Thursday I sold it. But let me tell you, my biggest, my biggest trading mistake ever was when this is probably my first and only corporate job I've ever had since leaving um, since university. I got a job at Three Mobile and working at the head office, and for whatever reason, they sacked me. As I mentioned before, I had to go to Nigeria to finish my placement. So I was just shitting myself thinking, oh, my God, what are you going to do? You're supposed to be you're supposed to be earning money this year to obviously pay your rent. We've gone and got this fancy apartment. So I needed to pay my rent. So mm-hmm. as I got sacked, I jumped on a train. They sent me home pending investigation, blah, 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 blah. As I got sacked, I went to the train station and then I jumped on my um, share trade, um, self-trade account. And I looked at Apple shares and Apple shares were going down just slightly, yeah. slightly. And I panicked and I said, oh my God, you know what? I've just been sacked. I need money. Let me try and sell. I tried to sell it using the app, which is what I usually use to buy and sell. And then yeah. let me do it because I don't think there was any signal. So I panicked more. So I called them up and the guy on the other phone, which he shouldn't have said, he was like, bro, listen, are you sure you want to sell these shares? You've had them for so long. I was like, sell them yeah. all, sell them all. <laughs> biggest error of today the biggest mistake i've ever made in my life um what is to sell what apple shares apple shares yes apple shares yeah, do you know what? I, I, it's exactly it's exactly the same with me yeah yeah it's exactly the same with me i mean funnily enough um i was able to buy apple shares for um even lower than the normal market price because i used to work there yeah. um when i was younger <clears throat> and 
I think um, I can't remember the percentage, but I remember when basically I I got into Apple around thirty dollars, something like that. Do you know how crazy that? Do you know I don't even want to talk about this story because it still pains me to this day. I, I mean, but however, I think the first time I was introduced to this whole sharing, like um, sharing industry, this whole trading industry. Um, was my do you remember work experience when you used to go on work experience back in yeah, school yeah 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 yeah. yeah. I, I think my work experience um, I went to work for uh, Tokyo Mitsubishi International right you smart people and, say again you smart people you guys got the good placements where did you go I worked in an office man I worked in someone's office doing what I wasn't doing anything I worked in the office literally I think I would <laughs> saying work, Get, my work experience was a scam no the, the work experience i had was actually quite informative even though i was there for a short period of time i was um they put me in the derivatives department of this company right <clears throat> now what Tokyo mitsubishi were doing at that time was they were um doing so I, I didn't really understand it at, at that t- at that age but they were basically doing um some sort of you know paperwork and all that kind of stuff for loads of different other companies um derivative departments so i got to learn what derivatives were do you understand what i mean and that's that's the kind of um strategy that i used to base my trading on like looking at um derivatives and trying to understand the 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 fundamentals of a company and i used to pick companies based on that kind of stuff um yeah and i'm thinking you know it was it was okay so question for you here then is cryptocurrency Whoa. Yeah, I know. I'm joking. No, that's okay. Let, let's actually talk about that maybe next week because I think yeah. it's such a big thing. I've invested in cryptocurrency. Everyone's invested in cryptocurrency. Is it a bubble? Is it going to burst? Some people are going to make money. Some people are going to cry. Um, but I've got a lot to say about investing in cryptocurrency. So let's definitely leave that. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. we can, we can definitely touch on it because I want to see what's happening um, this week as well because um, a lot of um, – um, floors have been saying, or have been telling the investors to buy, um, based on the fact that, for example, Bitcoin has just been dropping like a fucking house of cards recently, um, and investors are flooding into it. And people are saying the next rebound that is going to come is going to go all the way up, up to um, half a million. I don't know what that means. I know, I know, it's crazy, but let's see what happens. Yeah. But yeah, no, we can definitely talk about it next week. Yes. All right, cool, 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 bro. Listen, do you know what? I know this is completely random, but I just had, oh my, I just remembered something. Do you, um, <laughs> this is actually ridiculous. There was a time, time ago, um, I can't say what age I was because it's actually ridiculous and embarrassing. I went clubbing. Yeah. My boy, I went, I went out with my boys and um, one of them, he drew a chick. He went back with her, took her back home or whatever it is. And every guy knows, like, if, you, if there's two men that go out, and one man drives, whoever, well, if the driver draws, bruv, the other brother needs to find his way home. So, <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? Some of my boys still don't get that concept. And I was like, what do you expect me to do? Or what do you expect somebody to do? The driver got a check. He wants to go home. So what should he do? Make sure you you get a go. Anyway, the table's turned. My, pers- my, my, my friend had drawn a check and he had gone home. So I was running around and I found another chick as well. I got excited, gassing her up, lipsing her up. And I thought, yeah, you know what? Man's taking her to yard. Big man things. 
She's gassing me. Spent the whole night with her, spending money, drinking, drinking, drinking. Bruh. So we take a taxi to her house. And she says, oh, you know what, yeah? Let me just go inside quickly and let me... Um, <laughs> obviously, like an idiot, I pay for the taxi. Because these girls are tramps. They can't afford it. They can't even afford a taxi home anyway. So <laughs> outside her house, she said, oh, you know what? Let me just go inside quickly and tidy up. I'm like, no, it's cool. Don't worry about it, man. Don't worry. She said, no, no, no. Let me go inside and let me just... Um, <laughs> let me go and tidy up. And then, you know, uh, um, you can come up. Bruv, we sent the taxi on its way. I'm waiting outside for 10 minutes. 10 minutes gone. 15 minutes, eight, half an hour. Then I start saying to myself, hey, bruv, hey, you're a bit of a pussy, you know. Why are you standing there? You know she's not coming back out. But your mind keeps telling you, you're in a foreign land. You're in Essex somewhere. It's 4 a.m. in the morning, my brother. You ain't got money for no taxi, bruv, because you ain't got no money. So what are you going to do? So I waited for an extra 35 minutes. So maybe... <laughs> well, you were living in that Obama hope. Bro, I was hope, bruv. Obama was in my skin. I was like, listen, she's coming, she's coming, she's coming. Then, and this is 4 a.m., so I'm thinking it's probably a family house. So I'm like, do I knock? Do I press the bell? But now I'm angry because I'm like, she ain't coming. Maybe she fell asleep. I just need to wake her up. <laughs> I just, But there's still bare hope. And then you know what happened? All of a sudden, I realized, I said, you know what? You're a mug. This girl mugged you up for a 15-pound um, taxi journey. That was my last 15-pound. What I was going to do in the morning was tell someone to transfer me money. This is when I had no money. I last spent my last £15 trying to go home with this girl. Long story short, I found a stone outside the house and I just threw it through the person's window and I ran for my life. But guess where I ran? Wow. I ran to the train station because I was going to bunk the train to get the first train home. Bruh, listen, I couldn't sleep because I was freezing cold. I was wearing one T-shirt. Now, you're not going to believe this. And I think I must have told you this, so I told the other guys this as well. I'm chilling now at the um, station, falling asleep, catching pneumonia, dying. And, <laughs> and then about five or six Romanian or East Eastern European brothers come up to me. So I'm shitting myself because I think I'm going to get robbed. Yeah. They're like, yeah, 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 you're right, brother. I'm like, I'm trying to put on a London accent. Like, yeah, what are you saying, bruv? Yeah, you're good, you're good. They said, listen, what are you doing out here, man? Like, listen, well, then they started chatting all sort of shit. They told me to have a party. So I'm like, bro, listen, these guys are going to kill me. I don't know where I'm going, but I need to get out of this cold. But I don't know what's happening right now with my life. But they said, come with us, come with us. So I'm holding my keys in my pocket. Do you ever do that? I'm holding keys in my pocket in case I have to stop. Yeah, yeah, you try, yeah, you try and put it in like kind of your fingers just yeah, in case. Yeah, yeah, but I intertwine my keys because I'm thinking, bro, there are five or six of these brothers. They drink vodka. For breakfast, bruv. So, and they probably go, they probably eat, you know, pounded yam and whatever solid food. These men are pure muscle. So I'm ready okay. to have one of them so I can run. But I get to the house now, then they're smoking something. Now, have you, you know how we talk about peer pressure is real, bruv? I'm sitting in the house just catching warmth, waiting for the chicks that they said were coming to come. There's no chicks coming. And they said, yeah, yeah, yeah. Listen, young man. Yeah. Or not young man. Listen, bruv. Yeah. Do you want to smoke some? I'm like, no, nah, I'm all right but I thought they were going to kill me if I didn't smoke it. <laughs> I don't know up until today what I smoked. I promise you. I don't know what I smoked, but a few hours later, I ended up in my bed. Tell me what I smoked. I thought I was going to die if I didn't smoke it. I smoked it. <laughs> and a few hours later, I was in my bed. Now, my cousin tells me that he came back and picked me up. But first and foremost, my battery was dead. So I don't know how he found me. I don't know what happened up until today. But 
listen, I don't know about that move. I actually genuinely thought I was going to That's That is crazy. What, some near-death experience here, man? Bruv, listen, I've got bare of them ones, bruv. I've got... Bare- nah, I, I, do you know what? I remember my first near-death experience, and this is going off topic for a little bit, yeah. but I just need to just tell this story very quickly. It was actually, I think you were there. Do you remember um, I had a birthday party with um, uh, someone... I <laughs> said someone, you're not even allowed to say his name, bro. Could FBI uh, carry you away, bro? I don't know. I know, I know. But anyway, yeah, I, I had a, this certain birthday party. Long story short, the party was in some sort of, how can I even describe it? It was some industrial estate, yeah. It was some sort of warehouse, some 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 large, very ex- extremely large garage. I don't know what kind of um, animal slaughtering that they used to do there in the daytime, whatever. But anyway, we had this party there. And there was people from everywhere. I remember all them. crevices of London. It was they just came out from the woodworks. Every single area was in this place. Yeah, under one roof. It smelled like I don't know someone's dead armpit. It was crazy. <laughs> and no, it was, it was madness. Yeah, and <clears throat> the only entrance and exit from this this was that one entrance. Yeah, there was just this one small metal door. It wasn't even a door. It was like, a, you know those shutters? Yeah. Yes. It was, it was one of those in, right in the corner. So people are vibes in now, you know, there's music playing, you know, people are uh, just dancing, whatever. People just chilling, drinking. Next minute, of course, as you would expect from a London party, when people from all corners of London are in one under one roof, something is going to happen. And something did. Yep. I remember. Long, story, long story short, all I remember was I had to obviously try and diffuse the situation and so that people, you know, we don't end up in the Daily Mail. Um, I switched on the lights. The first thing I saw as the lights went on was a chair fly across the room and knock one girl out. Yeah, she... I, I presume she was dead because the way, no, the way the way that she dropped was was amazing. I'd never seen anything like that before in my life. Um, some idiot then switched off the lights again, and the music went yeah, back on. I remember. Then, then then the commotion started again. I, again, I switched on the lights to try and you know calm things down and everything like that. I'm seeing this time around, I could see that okay, look, this is getting out of control. It's getting quite serious, and you know that moment where you actually realize, okay, it's time to tell everyone the party's done, but it's too late. I'm seeing man jumping on tables oh, now. Um, yeah, uh, yeah there, there was all different sorts of weapons and I don't know where they got these kind of weapons from. It looks like people brought these weapons from Cambodia or something. I don't know how they got these jungle appliances. It was crazy. Yeah. Um, all I remember was... It, the, the whole commotion spewed out into this large car park, which was outside now. Um, it was like a Western. It was, it was, it was like a, you know, it was literally like a, like a, you know, a film. There was large bangs, you know what I'm talking about, yeah, yeah, yeah. Going, going off here and there and people just running for the light. I remember a good friend of mine, bless his soul, whilst all this commotion was going on, my man had, the audacity and the courage to find the last tray 
of fried chicken from the kitchen. Remember that this shipping container that we were having a party in had one entrance and one exit. He managed to find his way back into the into the actual container, retrieve the tray of chicken, yeah, and run out through this shootout to safety. And whilst all of and whilst all of this was going on, right? Guess who was actually just parked around the corner witnessing the whole fiasco? I remember the feds. Yeah, the feds. Yeah. It was, it, it was madness. They were literally just sitting there, coaching, just chilling, watching all of these stupid monkeys. Sorry. Um, sorry. Did, did you just say coaching? Did you just say coaching? Yeah, do you remember that word? Bruv, that word it died in like 2000. Now I'm bringing it back. <laughs> you don't know about that. I said, I'm coaching. Yeah, revive, revive. Imagine that word. Hey, yo, cut. So, hey, what are you on? Yeah, man's coaching. Well, that word sounds so. It doesn't even. Flow. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't even flow anymore. It doesn't. Even flow. Hey, people say. Hey, I still use that word hard. Coach. Coaching. For listeners that may not understand the you know London terminology slang, um, coaching. Give us definition. Which just means what? I'm chilling, innit? I'm vibesing. I'm I'm here. I'm right here. I'm coaching. Wow, what a definition! What a that was that was that was very descriptive. Yeah, because obviously, man, man, oh my gosh! Listen, um, someone just sent me. So I shouldn't even be on WhatsApp. Someone just sent me a picture on WhatsApp, and I wish people on this podcast could see this actual image. I think it's one of the most banginess things I've ever seen in my life. So, from this picture, I want to ask you a question. So, let me describe this picture first. It's of a black man. Yep, this black man looks yeah. of Nigerian heritage. Yes. This man has like tiger skin kind of shoes on. But <laughs> what's more important is how his suit is fitted on his body. So I can ask you a question. Why every Nigerian uncle, parent, whoever they are, maybe Ghanaians, why do all of their suit hang off their body? What do you mean? I don't know about... Go on. What do you mean? Right. If you could see this thing. The brother's suit... Is actually lopsided. His trousers, <laughs> his trousers look like, you know, do you know the story of Noah? Yeah. Blood. When he was actually what? When he rescued all them animals, bro. This brother looks like the animals are chilling. There's enough space and enough room in his legs for them animals to be chilling, bro. I don't understand. They don't know about fitted suits. My dad, <laughs> my dad got cussed by my mum one time. So I think for his birthday, as the fam, as the, the, the children, we bought him a Hugo Boss suit. So he got gassed. He got really excited. So he went back to Nigeria with his suit. But this brother left the tag on the on the wrist. You know what? You know when you buy a suit and it's got the tag on. The oh yeah, 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 yeah. It's got it on the. Wow. Yeah, yeah, I know what you're he was bopping around the whole of Nigeria with his arm showing, like, eh, look at my suit. Until my mom went to <laughs> until my mom went to Nigeria and she saw him, bro. I swear she probably slapped him because they probably went out for dinner or they went to an event and he's there glistening his shiny suit, saying, "You go, <laughs> no, man." Because I work with a lot of pastors, so I, I I do a lot of public speaking for churches, bro. The amount of suits that I see, bro, their suits are wayward. That's the word. Their suits are wayward. Every wayward. Wow. I thought he was about to say this is a wavy, but wow. that's a wayward. Wow. Have a personality of their own, bro. 
the inverse of wavy. Remember, I've got, wavy. I've got a cousin that's known for his shoes. Remember them? Well, anyway. Let me... Boy, them shoes. Oh, wow. <laughs> you know what? It, there should be a, a, comp- a different award for those. Cousins. No, those shoes. I don't even know how to describe them. They are spectacular. But what was banging was he'll come over and he'll say, hey, bro, hey, what? Hey, what do you think of these shoes? And I'm looking barefaced saying, bro, why does your shoe, your shoe is part alligator, part pig, part fur. <laughs> <laughs> bro, and then it's all curly at the front, come like Aladdin. What? <laughs> curly shoes. Yeah, bro. Like curly fry shoe, bro. Nah, there's no, there's no physical move, man. There's no move. What, what is there a move in? Because I mean, we've given a lot of examples <clears throat> about what there is no move in. But what is there a move what in? You were talking there? to me the other day about. Yeah, go on. Sorry. No, no, yeah, yeah no. You, you were talking to me the other day about um, some, well, a theory that you have of how you should approach. Um, anything in life, really, whether it's business, uh, relationships, whatever. You mentioned something about a triple P. Give people a little bit of a taste of it. Ah, okay. triple P. You got the quadruple P. And you got the triple P. So, so what, 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 bruv? How do I drop it for them? So, a lot of people are missing out on some fundamentals. So, this is something that we teach. We teach people how to position themselves as experts we teach them how to package what they become or what they are an expert in and we allow them to find an avenue to profit from their expertise so a lot of people are missing out on 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 that small little key on how to plug into social media and how to plug into the marketplace a larger audience and sell them packages which is what i do for a living so I don't want to talk about it today because it'll probably go on. Yeah, yeah, of course. No, no, no. I understand. But, uh, but just a little taste. I'm but... really, 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 really excited about taking someone from from generating £1,000 a month to taking that person to generating £50,000 a month with a simple strategy. It's doable. It's done. I've done it. I do it. But again, I don't want to talk about it today because I want to spend an entire segment talking about it. But you asked me, I'm going to ask you a question. And I want you to answer Go on. off the top of your head. So when I say, <clears throat> what is the move? So for me, if you ask me that question, I would say if you understood Bitcoin, if you understood crypto cryptocurrency, that's a move. What would you, what's yeah. that move? Name something. What's a move? Um, gone. Are you asking me the question now? Yeah, or? I'm asking you what, just randomly. What's, what's, what, if, if someone said to you, listen, what's, what's the move for 2018? What would you say? Oh. I would say people. Oh, why do you always have to get so deep with all this stuff, man? What is that? No, I have to get. No, I have to get deep. No, I have to get deep. But people, because that is that is my area of expertise. Mm. Yeah, people understanding human beings and the way that the human mind works. Because if you can crack that kind of code, even uh, a smidgen, which is uh, again London colloquialism for a small amount, mm-hmm. yeah. You can do amazing things. Like you can literally, and it, it expands into all fields, whether it's business, relationships, the fundamentals are exactly the same. Yeah. So what, what I would say to people is really start trying to understand how people behave. Mm. Behavioral science is something I would recommend anyone to look into because it will teach you a lot about how to move in this world. 
that we live in. But carry it's on, crazy. But carry on, carry on, because I'm learning as you're talking, bro. So no, no, no go on. What, what, what book would you recommend that someone should pick up? What book should I pick up to to have a better understanding, or what? What videos? What should I watch on YouTube? How do I mean? For, well, okay. Well, for, uh, like if you had to talk about let's let's keep it real, you know, talk about business, right? There's only one book. It's not even just for business. You know what? Let me take that back. It's for life, right? Mm. There's one book that I would recommend every single person on this planet should read if they haven't already and keep on reading. Yeah, the art. Of War by Swinza, or some people say Sun Tzu, or whatever. Yeah, no, Swinza. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, we because both of yeah. both avid readers. So I read a lot of books. You read a lot of books. Um, why do you like that book so much? Do you know what it is? I'm not a fan of it. It's got everything you need inside. It it, it really does, and a lot of the time. I mean, I, I know that you read, you know, quite in, in depth and you've obviously written a few books, so you understand exactly what I'm talking about. But a, a lot of people, when they read, they just take that book for face value. They don't realise that it can be a platform for you to expand your imagination and actually think a little bit outside of the book. And that's what that Art of War does so well. It pushes you, it pushes your mind to think if in different forms and in, in other ways or how you can actually um, apply the fundamentals that is teaching you into your own life mm. for, for, for the moment as well as the future. And it's a beautiful construct. Uh, you know, I don't even know how they managed to create something like that, but I'm telling you today, go and pick up that book. And it, when, once you read it all the way through, if you can't apply pretty much all of the laws that is telling you into your life to, and you see a ridiculous amount of change in your life, then come to me and I'll give you a refund for that book or something. I don't know, whatever. It, it's, it's amazing. It's the only book I would say that it's a must read. You have to read it. There, like, there is no two ways about it. You have to actually read it because it breaks down to you how the world works. And it's crazy. Well. Do you know what? That's interesting you say that because if you... Okay, I mean, just before you go on, I mean, the first chapter, the first chapter is, what, what is it? The first chapter is called um, Laying Plans. Okay. Listen to that. The, the first chapter in the book is Laying Plans. This basically is a book for people who don't know or haven't heard about The Art of War. It's written by a, <clears throat> um, a Chinese general um, who was a general to the emperor back in the day, whatever, blah, 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 blah. And and he basically wrote this set of um, rules or this kind of strategy um, that he used when he used to, um, you know, go into warfare. Mm -hmm. And he he wrote it uh, in a, a philosophical way after all of his his encounters in warfare and everything like that for people to be able to use. Um, not just, I mean, when he's saying warfare, I'm taking it metaphorically. Because obviously no one's going into war right now, whatever. Um, so, for like for for example, like business is a form of warfare. You're you're going up against a lot of competition. You're going up against different people, different and industries, different angles. Like in in some industries that you may be in yourself, you may have to maneuver into another industry. So you need to know how to work that industry. It's like it's you know it's like one country going to war with another country, you know, and then you go 
to um, their playing field. You have to know the terrain. You have to know where to go. You know, have you have to be able to have some sort of strategy to advance to the common goal, which is to win. You understand what I mean? And that's what the book explains in such great detail. It's unbelievable, right. and it it tries to um, make you look at at life in that kind of sense. Whether it is you know you're going into a relationship, there's a sort of strategy. I'm not saying that you know you're going to a relationship to go and manipulate someone, whatever. A lot of the time, what it's actually telling you is to look inside yourself first, and that's what a lot of people don't do these days. Wow. Is look inside themselves first to be able to then um, you know look outwards into the world. Read that book. It's crazy. Laying plans. The first that should tell you everything about the book. It's telling you that you first need to um, set yourself a foundation. And we touched on this even in the first podcast, didn't we? I mean, without me even thinking about the book, it's because I've read it so much. It's actually ingrained in my brain. I, I kind of like I just know it word for word because that's the only book that I use to apply to everything that I touch. I mean, amongst a few others, um, you know, I have a spirituality book that I'm not going to go into today because that one encompasses that one is even deeper than the art of war is what, like what, what, is that, what is that book called though it's called the Kibalion not Kabbalah oh, the Kibalion yeah you're on that Kabbalah thing no 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 it's called the Kibalion right yeah. and the reason why I like that now I know that it's um you know it's an amalgamation of different cultures that have ex- existed before but the reason why I like that particular one and the way that it's written is because I can deduce it in a way that makes sense to me. And, and you know, it's fine. Some people may come and say, oh, yeah, but the Kibalion is based on this. It's based on, you know, the ancient Egyptian um, theories and all this kind of stuff, and blah, blah, and astronomy and all that kind of stuff. And a lot of it is scientifically based, all this kind of stuff. I understand that. But read it. Read it listen to an audio book or whatever, blah, 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 blah. And I guarantee you, it will tell you two things. One, it will tell you where you are mm. in terms of your mind state in life because there will be things in there that you will be able to resonate with and there will be things that you won't be able to resonate with. And don't be scared if you're not, if you're not able to resonate with it. What that is showing you is just at what level you're vibrating at the moment. And it should really be a key indicator to how much work you have to do on yourself as a human being. Okay. And that's called the Kabbalion. Yeah. Fantastic. If you were to ask me what my favorite book is, um, I'm sure you've actually read it as a salesperson. And in fact, I've taken this book and implemented it across my, all, all, all my businesses, but also across life. And it's a book by Robert Cialdini, Influence. Yeah. That oh, yeah, yeah. It's absolutely in incredible so if for for the people that don't know anything about this book or don't know anything about robert cialdini um he did a study many years ago that found ways of purporting influence or causing people to to concede to what you need them to do so it was a book for salespeople. it was a book for for presidents it was a book for anyone that wants to hold a position of influence and he talked about six core principles once you understand these principles, now, I know it sounds really weird, but my core, my core desire is to help as many people, 10,000 people a year to start a business. So yeah. I recommend anyone that wants to get into business, 
they should read this book first because it teaches you the fundamentals of cells, but it teaches you the fundamentals of human interaction. So it talks about age-old principles, things like reciprocity, which happens to be my most favorite word in the world. <laughs> yeah, I know how much you love that. Yes, and I implement reciprocity at every point I have. Um, Gary Vee wrote a book called Jab, Jab, no, Jab, Jab, Punch or Jab, Jab, Punch. Um, what he was What he was saying in that book is exactly what reciprocity is. Give, 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 sell. Give, 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 sell. Because reciprocity yeah. comes from the, um, I don't know, maybe the Latin word, but when you when you flip it around, it really means you are obliged. That's what yeah. reciprocity means. You've caused an obligation. Mm. Am I going too deep or can I carry on? Ah, no, go, go, go. And reciprocity means you've caused an obligation to someone. So when you give to someone, they're now obliged to give back. So if you're trying to get your product out to market, that's why content is so important. You give, give, give. And in the Bible, well, not in the Bible, but in church, we say we have a song, give, it will come back to you. Bruv, good measures. Give, it will come back to you. Good measures, press down, shake it together, running over. Anyway, but essentially it's talking about giving, wow. giving, giving, but that's reciprocity. One second, oh. one second, one second, one second. Let me, let me carry on let me carry on with that education thing as our friend would say so so reciprocity is an obligation you cause someone to be obliged to carry out a favor on your behalf that's exactly what it is so once you give someone feels obliged to give back secondly he talks about another principle of scarcity i could break these down because i know these things in and out which is also something i talk about in my book communicative magic how houdini would have done it and that book is really about magic and sales and how they are exactly the same thing once you understand magic, you can start to understand sales and you can get some really 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 great results so number two from robert chardini's book um scarcity scarcity talks about value it talks about value. Why do we call these things precious gems? We call gold, diamond, silver. Um, these, we call them precious gems. Why? Because of the value we place on them because they are scarce. So when you're yeah. taking your product to market, also when you're taking yourself to market, because I mentioned you can implement these things with yourself. It's not only business at work. Make yourself valued valuable by understanding the process of scarcity, which means don't be the loudest person in the room. Don't try and, and Art of War, Sun Tzu talks about um, in, in your book that you were just talking about, Roman. It talks about never yeah, yeah. trying to master. That's the one thing yeah, I yeah. learned from that book. So don't be the loudest person in the room because nobody likes the loudest person in the room because you're craving attention. But scarcity causes you to build up value. Long story short. So move on. Number three, authority. Creating yourself or positioning yourself as an authority figure makes people do things for you. Again, in a business sense, put it, positioning yourself and making yourself out to be the go-to person in your industry, becoming an expert in your industry means people come to you, clients come to you. So I hope anyone that's trying to start a business, you're writing these things down because once you understand these principles, believe you me, you're going to get customers running to you. So when you're building your websites, you're giving content. When you're talking about scarcity, you're, you're making your product appear as if it's not readily available to every single person and that's why you'll see on certain websites they have a timer saying listen this is only available for the next 10 minutes and then it's going to go away forever Creative yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> it's crazy it's crazy how psychologically that actually works 
Of course, it, but could you know what it is? No, it's, mad, it's madness. It's crazy. It's just psychology. And then just um, let me just go through the last one. Yeah. More, but I'll, I'll just go through the last one because I like this one. Consistency. So yeah. he, he kind of puts consistency and um, no. So what he does is he puts commitment and consistency together. Okay. So okay. To make people and us guys in sales, we would also call this FITD, which is known as foot in the door. It's your ability and other salespeople, deep salespeople like myself will also call it approximate suggestion, something along those lines. Because what we're doing is we're making the customer agree with what we're saying over time. So when it comes to the close, it's easier. So foot in the door means you keep saying to the customer, Mr. Customer, we're the best in the market, aren't we? Yes. So he's agreeing. So when it comes to the close, he finds it more difficult. So this concept of consistency, um, commitment and consistency is you make your customer committed. So you get them to say something and start to believe something. And as human beings, once we start to say something out loud, we start to follow in line with the line of consistency because you don't want to be inconsistent with what you've spoken or how you've acted. So 100%. Bruv, just to give me, just to give, bro. I'm a preacher all day, bro, and that's why it's so difficult to change someone's religious stance. Whether someone's a devout Christian, a devout Muslim, whatever religion they are, it's one of the most difficult things in the world to go up to them. For example, you could have an opinion about Russia. We could have a discussion about it, and I could change your perspective on Russia through a conversation. But when it comes down to things that we become stoic, um, religion politics it's nearly impossible to change someone's stance on something immediately so because of commitment and consistency because someone's professed i love jesus a million times i love jesus i love jesus i'm a christian i'm a christian so most of the time they try and be consistent with that line so what true okay yeah go ahead sorry i was about to yeah no i was gonna say i agree with you completely in this entirety and i think that the way you can move on to the next level, because I never try, I never use the word impossible, right? I always use the word improbable Probably. because I, you know, I, I prefer that, that there's always a small element of possibility in anything that seems to be impossible. Right. And this is what I said in the beginning about um, how people should really look into something like behavioral science or study human beings, because what you're talking about is changing someone's core, right? Yes. And you ca- you can't fundamentally, well, you can, you know, it's a long process, but a lot of the time you don't have time for that. You know, who wants to spend, unless you've got all the time in the world, it's a long process. But what you can do is um, temporarily change their, their core for a, short spirit, for a short space of time. And the only way you can do that is to become a master at understanding what what the fundamentals of how why human beings do what they do say what they say feel what they feel and the best um, salespeople I'm not talking about these hardcore window salesmen that come and give you no I'm talking about people that are the best salespeople you don't even realize they're 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 saleswomen and salesmen for example I mean one of the best saleswomen I've I've ever seen is someone like Oprah but she she has skills. Um, and her strategy is completely different from someone who, like Steve Jobs, you know, his strategy was completely different. 
but they're all salespeople. Yeah. And the, the way they were, they were able to get to the top of their game was because they understood human beings. Like Oprah's success is built around human beings. Yeah. That's what she does. Yeah. You understand what I mean? And she's got to that kind of level because she understands them and she knows how to maneuver around them and almost kind of in a, um, not, not in a negative way, but control um, a situation. They control people, make people do what they want. Do you remember that time I told you when I was studying, um, when I was really into this NLP stuff? Yeah? yeah. And I hate that word and I'm not into NLP for anyone listening, whatever. But at that time, I got gassed by a particular person, right? Um, and I started, to te- <laughs> I started to test out some of these uh, strategies. Do you remember in bank we went on that date? Um, oh, well, gonna, date. Yeah, 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 yeah. You remember, you remember who I'm talking about, right? Was it with the twins? And, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I remember. Arab, yes. Yeah, the Arrow Twins. Do, do, yes, yes, yeah, yeah. You, yeah, 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 you yeah. saw with your own eyes. What what I was making this girl physically do with her body, she didn't even realize what she was doing yeah. until I pointed it out to her. I it's know. crazy. Like I I remember your face. You was like, "What the fuck?" And then when I when I looked into this kind of field, it made me understand why people like Darren Brown, David Blaine, and all these kind of people can do what they do. Leading back to one of the books I talked about, the Kibanian. It's a branch of mystic psychology that we've forgotten about, right? We know about modern-day psychology, but mystic psychology um, is what a lot of people today refer to as, oh, magic or, um, you know, unexplained things or whatever. But it's a real thing, and it's only masters that know how to do. And, like, people like, for example, David Blaine, all these kind of stuff, yes, they're illusionists, and, um, but the real the real masters know how to do it to a certain degree. And, I mean, you can find these kind of people. You just, just Google it. You know, you can find all of these Zed masters in, in whatever, China, um, you know, all these shamans in, in South America, all this kind of stuff. They're not out here making a website, you know, trying to promote their stuff. No, no, they don't, because they don't need to. Like, they're doing it for themselves. But it's real stuff. It's real things that people can do. And it's crazy. And the point I'm trying to make is that every single person has a certain amount of that kind of stuff within themselves. And like I touched on the, the other time when I was talking about education, you know, being able to bring out things from within you, once you start looking deeper into your own abilities, you start to realize that you can do crazy things. It's, it's madness. Yeah, and, and you start to notice patterns. Patterns is something I really want to touch on on you know, another episode. I know we've been talking for quite some time, but patterns is something that if you can grasp certain patterns within your industry, you're, you're almost, well, you're 50% there because a lot of things are quite repetitive yeah. and you can really build strategy and foundations a lot, you know, on patterns. But yeah, we'll go through that on another time. I mean, patterns are something traders will tell you, um, anyone who understands the stock market, anyone that understands investing, anyone that understands property, in fact, any entrepreneur that's been through a cycle will tell you it's all about following the patterns because yeah. they repeat themselves. Yeah. So, whoa, that was, yeah, that was interesting. I didn't know it was going to take that turn. And Wow, it's crazy how the time goes. You know, it's been like an hour already. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, I could go on about all this stuff all day. And I know it's the same thing with you as well. 
Boy. Crazy. Well, it's been fun. I really like that jingle. Do you know what? We're going to have to come up with a, a little um, intro song. I don't know about that. No, I think it'll be quite cool. All right, all right, all right. Sing. You, I mean, you've been saying for how many years that you're one of the best singers on the, on the world? I'm not one of the best singers. Maybe one of the best rappers. Oh, wow. Do you know what? On another episode, I'll tell you a um, story of how um, I was one of the first people... Um, in the world, one of the first people in the world, but definitely the first person in the UK to discover artists such as Drake, Jesse J, and Nicki Minaj. I give up, and you know what? I'm actually just going to hang up because I'm I'm going. No, I'm being serious. Like I know you don't. I've said it for many years. You don't believe me. You did not discover Drake or Nicki I did. Minaj or Jesse J. I definitely did. I know the day I discovered Jesse J, it was. It was one of not discovered as an item. I'm talking about discovered her on YouTube. Okay, like, found yeah, out, yeah. <laughs> found <laughs> out about her. mate. It was such an, a momentous moment for me, man. Like she blew me the heck away. Like she, no, okay, she's she's second to Beyonce. I don't know what anyway. I don't want to talk about. What? Her. Oh come on! I don't want to talk about. It. Are you right? Yeah, I'm. I'm telling the truth. I actually fancy Jesse J, and I dated a girl in university. That look okay. Let me tell you why. Following from what you said about patterns, yeah, I usually date certain women based on patterns. Okay, so let's start from Pink. Do you remember Pink, the artist? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, you remember when when she was in the R and B phase? Yes, yes. And now she's a weirdo. But I used to fancy the living daylights out. I thought she was so buff. So well, I she, thought, you know I mean, she's she, she's she is, she is quite attractive. I mean, just because she she's gone to rock, it doesn't make her less attractive. Nah, nah, she ain't loyal to the move, bro. Anyway, so I found another girl. Can't say her name. She looked exactly like Pink. Styled her up to look like Pink as well. Got her to cut her hair, all that kind of stuff. Um, and then I discovered Jessie J. And Jessie J reminds me a little bit of Pink. But I have this talent that I can... Anyway, let me not let me not tell you about my talents because there's bear haters in the camp. But, yeah. What talent? I can see... I know it's... You're a hater. I can see people that look like people. I can tell... Okay. I can tell what country people are from just by looking at them. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's not hard to do that to you know a handful of people because sometimes it's quite obvious. For example, I mean, well, okay, it may not be obvious for you know a lot of people, but I can tell the difference between, for example, like a Japanese person, a Chinese person, and a Korean person. Can you tell the difference between can you can you walk down the street and say oh right that person from Uganda or that person from Zimbabwe or that pretty um, um, most of the African countries yeah I can do that the ones like the countries I find quite hard oh actually do, I, do you know I'm I'm actually quite quite good on this to be honest with you I, I think I'm quite accurate a lot of the times and I've proven my point on many occasions to people that I say this to because they're saying oh you change shit. And then what I actually do, I walk up to strangers and I tell them where they're from and 8%, I've had like an 8% success rate. Yeah, sure. I'm being serious. Let me ask you this. Since you were talking about the art of war and strategy and those kind of things, what? Are we going to war with Russia? (sighs) Boy, you know what? I don't know. Because it's starting to get a little bit deep now. Like, 
Theresa saying these diplomats need to be expelled or whatever from the country. Russia's saying, look, what are you doing? Like, what are you doing? Are you trying to meddle in our presidential elections or... I like the kind of tone of your voice is sounding very aggressive. We don't like this, blah blah blah. You know, I found out the other. Do you know what I found out today? Another Russian exile um, was found dead in his home. Oh. And do you know who this person's linked to? He's linked to um, one of these um, Russian um, businessmen that had that case with Roman Abramovich. You know, Chelsea's um, um, owner. Um, and it went to court and everything like that, blah, blah, blah. What? Can I, can I say something? Go on. You are not allowed to mention any Russian's name. <laughs> Bruv, look what you just said. They just tried to kill one of their own spies. Hey, look. Another one. Bruh, listen. Oh, anyway, look. I'm not, in, I'm not involved. I'm not interested. You know, first and foremost, you know about... What was that thing I got exposed in America some time ago? And we've got the same thing here, that the government can listen to all conversations. Anyone talking about Russia right now, bruv, they take that information, store it somewhere, and they analyze it. Bruv, listen. You yeah, no, have- of course. No, no, of course. Of course, no. I, I understand. It's not as simple as that. There's, there's, there's a lot more um, intricate. But I do believe fundamentally they have some sort of system where they can, um, you know, siphon through conversations and obviously if it's a computer doing it it can do a lot faster than a human being can of course and they have keywords that it you know it looks out for that that, that's that's been happening for donkey's years yeah do you get what i'm saying and this is what i was trying to tell you like years ago when i was saying hey look you see the stuff you're seeing in jason Bourne? that stuff is real bruv and you're telling me i'm telling you that stuff happens to the T. Wow. To the T. Like where where there's where's one Jason Bourne running around the the um the world right now doing that kind of stuff. Infiltrating governments and you know econo- you know about economic hitmen? Yeah absolutely. Oh what's the name of the person that did that movie? I mean that did that documentary? Which one? Economic Hitman. Literally there's a documentary called Economic Hitman. No, I haven't seen that one. I, I, I haven't seen that one called Economic Hitman, but I mean, I, I understand the term and it, it's crazy. Like, anyone listening to this right now, go and Google Economic Hitman and try and understand what they actually do. They are, some in most cases, the sole um, people responsible for wars. Yeah. So just before, just before you carry on, so the book is called Confessions of an Economic Hitman. And the author is a guy called John Perkins. So, yeah. Oh, okay, dude, I'm going to check that out myself. I haven't, I, haven't, I haven't heard that one, but it's crazy what they do, man. It's, it's, it's scary. They're the ones that run the countries, man. It's, it's crazy. I mean, I, I, I mean I've, I've heard some crazy stories today, but this Russian stuff is, is getting, you know, it's a bit out of control. Like, I think one of the funniest stories I saw um, was this whole university students um, um, facing jail 
for the for this whole arms dealing thing whatsapp did you you know you, you heard about it isn't it? yes i saw but you know what it, i know why that happened so well let, let me try and find the article it was it says university students face jail for contacting u.s arms dealer on whatsapp to import guns and ammunition because in brackets it was cool first and foremost there's an issue in today's society every single person wants to be chopping and eating every single person wants to live this lifestyle that wasn't meant for them everyone wants to they want to be at uni and they want to be boiling out buying champagne so that they can impress people who can't afford champagne i find that thing so backwards no but do you know what i mean you say that now but in hindsight yeah of course like we did touch on that ourselves like we were victims of that kind of thing and it's so crazy how it works in life where you know we're sitting here now trying to pass you know um some sort of opinion about this and say look people if you are in this kind of situation don't there, there's no need it's it, you know and it's it's all a it's all a fallacy it's a fugazi you know what i'm fugazi. saying it's fake it's fake like don't fall into it but they will never hear it and i understand why they will never hear it because you've been in that kind of situation before and you, and you know the temptations and how much fun it can be and all that. Not, not, I'm not talking about importing guns or anything like that, but I'm talking about that kind of um, lifestyle of trying to be, um, you know, center of attention or be popular, you know, all this kind of, the, the, the popular culture. Do, do, do you understand what I mean? So I get it from that point of view, but if only, if only some people would actually just hear the pleas that we're actually spewing out today and saying, don't do it. Just focus, focus on the fundamentals, focus on, focus on you, focus on getting it right. Because, oh my God, by the time you hit, hit the age of say, I don't know, 25, 30, whatever, you will be flying. And you'll be all right in it. Oh my God. If I knew what I, if I knew what I know now, then I don't even know what to say. (laughs) It's been a very, very interesting one, man. What's the time? Um, well, how long have we been on this, you mean? Yeah. Um, an hour, nine minutes. Right, okay. Well, yeah, time actually... flies, doesn't it? Well, okay. Well, that's another episode. I think Done. It's, it's enough. I don't think people want to be listening to our voices for more than an hour yeah well listen i had fun um i hope we get the chance to go deeper into things that we're both passionate about and get to talk about things that you know we're ultimately passionate about maybe in another episode because i think there's a lot of stuff i know we joke around and clown around but believe you you know but do you know what i love about the internet as well that we can actually do this forever so i think we've got a lot of time to yeah that's very true get deeper because we can do this whenever we want that's why this podcasting thing is 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 new to me but it's blowing my mind because you can literally speak and pass your opinions about stuff without any yeah just it's crazy i I know it sounds stupid but i just find this kind of stuff amazing same way i find um, other things amazing like helicopters and contact lenses contact lenses yeah it's crazy you heard about that new thing no, there is a move. 
it's it's cra- it's crazy kind of stuff that they can do nowadays. They can now put nanoparticles into your eye and correct your vision. Go on. I don't know what you just said because I happen to be a normal person that can see without needing glasses or stuff in my eye. So I don't know. You go and talk to other contact wearing geeks and they can- put nanoparticles into your eye and you see better. So they sprinkle dust into your eye and you can see. <laughs> Actually, no move. You even need to sort your lives out, bro. You they know what? I'm... People don't get it. They're tricking you. They keep giving you guys this nonsense. The doctor's putting stuff into your eye. It's juju. How are you going to let someone... Juju. Spray stuff into your eye, wow. Just... He said it's juju, you know. I'm out. I'm out. I'm out. You hit, hit them up with a jingle, man. Hey. Oh, yeah. And we're out. <laughs>